Hello, my name is Celeste, and I think reading and meditation have so much in common. That's why in Reditations, we combine them. Today, we're talking about Cat's Cradle and how stories are everywhere. So grab a cup of tea, make your way to a comfy seat, and let's Reditate. First, let's do a little recap in case it's been a while since you read Cat's Cradle. Written by Kurt Vonnegut and published in 1963, it's a satirical novel that follows its narrator John as he travels to the island of San Lorenzo. There, he discovers the existence of the lethal substance Ice-9, converts to the island's religion of Bokanonism, accidentally becomes the island's president, and subsequently watches the world freeze over. The plot of Cat's Cradle is a wild ride for sure, but the way the story is told is just as important as the story itself. What's notable about it? Well, it reminds us that everything we believe is a story, and that all the stories we tell ourselves, no matter how big or small, are constructed. Stories can be anything. Science, religion, body image, the American dream. They can contain truth or not. They are the lens through which we see the world. They are tools that we create for ourselves. For a good example of how we use these tools, let's look at our narrator, John. Like all of us, John understands himself and his life through stories. Even to himself, he's a character in a book. When he introduces himself, he says, Call me Jonah. From the beginning, he defines himself through stories. He is Jonah from the Bible, quote, compelled to be certain places at certain times. He is Ishmael from Moby Dick, introducing himself in the same way and reminding us that he is both a narrator and a character at once. And he is John, as he confesses two lines later, the man who is about to tell the story contained within Cat's Cradle. There's one more layer that jumps out to me when I read these first lines, these first words in Cat's Cradle. John isn't too concerned with the truth. Jonah's not his name after all, but he introduces himself this way anyway because it's not truth he's interested in. It's stories, and in fact, that's all he can offer us readers, stories. John creates and believes stories to try to understand the world around him, and that is the world we see when we read Cat's Cradle. It's important that Cat's Cradle is told from the point of view of a regular person and not an omniscient narrator. It draws our attention to the fact that stories in the book and outside of it are human creations. And because humans are limited, fallible, and biased, so are the stories we create. The stories John tells don't show us objective reality, if that even exists. They show us the limited, fallible, biased picture of reality that John constructs while he tries to understand the world. And they force us to notice the stories that we ourselves construct to try to understand the world, too. Throughout the novel, Vonnegut forces us again and again to recognize this veneer of stories. But even though the book pushes us to look at every story twice, we can never get past that layer to what lies beyond it. We're always playing the part of John, seeking through stories to try to make some sense of the world. There's no way out of it. If we throw out one story, we'll replace it with another. But I don't think Vonnegut is sending a message of futility when he urges us to notice every story in Cat's Cradle and in our own world. I don't think the point is that our reliance on stories is something we should try to escape. After all, it's impossible to see without a lens. I think Vonnegut's goal in Cat's Cradle is to make us see the lens. 
Even before we hear John's biblical introduction in chapter 1 of Cat's Cradle, the epigraph puts us on guard and reminds us that what we are about to read is indeed a story. It says simply, quote, Nothing in this book is true. We find the same message echoed again in the scriptures of Bokanon, whose very first verse reads, quote, All these truths I am about to tell you are shameless lies. Of course, when I open a fiction book, I know that I will find a world of stories. But after I closed the book at the end of the day, I left very aware that the world that I inhabit isn't all that different. At this point, we have to ask, why does Vonnegut want us to question stories and storytellers? It doesn't seem to be in his best interest as an author on the surface. But Vonnegut wrote Cat's Cradle with a key piece of information in mind. People don't need a story to be true for it to be important. Stories aren't where we find truth at all, actually. This book shows us that. They're where we find meaning. It's when we neglect to make this distinction that things can get messy. In chapter 25, one character talks about why we look to stories, even when we know they're not true. She says, quote, I just have trouble understanding how truth, all by itself, could be enough for a person. And she's right. Truth isn't enough for us humans. We also need, quote, secrets, intimate things, family things, love things, as she says. Those secrets, intimate things, family things, and love things are where we find meaning. And that's why we create and believe stories. Cat's Cradle at once acknowledges our need to live by stories and reminds us to notice the stories we live by. Vonnegut once wrote, quote, A first grader should understand that their culture isn't a rational invention, that there are thousands of other cultures and they all work pretty well, that all cultures function on faith rather than truth, that there are lots of alternatives. This means we don't have to continue this way if we don't like it. Culture is a story that people buy into often without realizing it's a story. But when we look more closely, we can see that culture is constructed and changeable. It's part of those secrets, intimate things, family things, love things. And it's one way we create meaning, but it is not truth. And there's no right way to do culture. There are only different ways to find meaning. With that in mind, I thought it would be interesting to substitute the word story for the word culture in that same quote. Here's what it sounds like. A first grader should understand that their story isn't a rational invention, that there are thousands of other stories, and they all work pretty well, that all stories function on faith rather than truth, that there are lots of alternatives. This means we don't have to continue this way if we don't like it. We don't have to continue this way if we don't like it. It's such a hopeful thought, and yet Cat's Cradle is such a hopeless book. But even though the story is dire, I think it speaks the same message as that quote. We don't have to continue this way if we don't like it. However, the only way to choose a different path is to understand that no story is a rational invention, that we function on faith rather than truth, that all the seeming truths any story tells us are just shameless lies. Let's meditate. In my own life, 
I've found that meditation is one of the best ways for me to notice the stories I tell myself instead of just accepting them as true. And when we can see a story as a story and not simply as truth, then we have the power to question it, just as we question John's narrative in Cat's Cradle. This meditation is meant to accompany you on that journey. The journey of just noticing the stories you tell yourself. Let's transition into it by finding a comfortable seat and taking a few deep breaths together. This following sentence begins the Book of Bokanon and also our meditation today. All of the true things I'm about to tell you are shameless lies. With me, take a deep breath in. And slowly exhale, breathing out any tension. If you're like me, you might like to have a hand on your chest and a hand on your belly so you can feel those breaths. Inhale again with me and feel the air fill your lungs and your belly. And exhale any discomfort. Inhale and again feel yourself fill with air. And exhale any anxiety. There is nowhere else but here for you to be right now. Just as you do when you're reading, allow yourself to become fully immersed. In this experience. Let the sound of my voice be your only narrative right now. All of the true things I am about to tell you are shameless lies. As you take another deep breath, Tune in to any feelings that come with those words that I just spoke. Maybe you feel some anxiety in your chest, or maybe it's some sadness in the pit of your stomach. Maybe you are tired, or maybe you're angry, or 
maybe you are just rightfully skeptical of me right now. But no matter what it is, find the places where you feel these feelings in your body. On your next inhale. And let it out. As you breathe in this time, choose just one of those feelings to focus on. And even if it might be scary, let yourself feel that feeling as deeply and fully as you can as you exhale. You don't have to fear the feeling that you've chosen. It is part of a story. Is it painful, maybe? Or tingly or bubbly or maybe it's just dull? You can give it an adjective if one comes to mind and begin to shape a narrative about this feeling. On your next breath, ask this feeling where it came from. Is it new to you in this moment or have you been carrying it with you for a while? Is it here because of something that happened to you? Or did it come from something somebody else told you? Does it feel like it just emerged unexpectedly with no story behind it at all? Pause with me and breathe while you gently ask the story of this feeling and it is okay if you don't know. On your next breath, see if you can notice your thoughts as they come into your head because I know they're there. And imagine each one telling you as you notice it, all of the true things I am about to tell you are shameless lies. Every time you see a thought enter your mind, Hear it say that, and ask what it's doing with that feeling you focused on earlier. Or maybe what that feeling is doing with these thoughts. Does excitement send your thoughts plummeting into the future? Or does anxiety lead you to imagine negative outcomes? 
just ask your thoughts and your feelings how they're interacting and what stories they may be creating together. And remember to gently breathe. You might even notice my words pulling on these thoughts or feelings that you're paying attention to or maybe my words are prompting new thoughts or feelings and remember you don't have to change anything just notice it let's breathe The next time you notice a thought enter your head now, try to see it as a story. What meaning does it offer? How does this story make you feel? If you notice you're following the story instead of just noticing it. Return to your breath with me and only breathe in and breathe out. Like the scriptures of Bokanon, our own stories can seem unshakably true to us. But like the scriptures of Bokanon, our thoughts and our feelings are stories. And it's up to us to question them, just like we question when we read. Whenever you notice a new thought in your mind, even after this meditation, maybe you can hear it whisper, all of the true things I'm about to tell you are shameless lies. Treat it as you would treat something that John or Bokanon writes in Cat's Cradle. Ask that thought. Ask that story. Whose voice is telling me this? And is it a voice I should trust? Take another big deep breath with me. And as we begin to transition out of our meditation today, imagine your brain giving you the same disclaimer that Bokanon gives his readers. All of the true things I am about to tell you 
are shameless lies. Thoughts are not the truth. They are part of our stories. They are constructions. And in every moment, we can choose to empower them or to release them. Let's take some final breaths together. Breathe in the feeling of power that you gain when you notice your thoughts as stories. You are the narrator of these stories. Breathe out a feeling of freedom and release. You are the narrator of these stories. Breathe in and breathe out. You are the narrator of your own story. So what's next? Now that we've practiced noticing our inner stories, we're going to look at how those stories shape our feelings and our actions in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this meditation, I'd be really happy if you subscribed. And of course, you can show even more support by visiting Patreon, where you'll find lots of other great ways to engage with this community. And we've got a website, reditationspodcast.com, where you can listen to all the episodes and check out what's coming up next. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading.